Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Eric Carlson is a Pittsburgh Penguin. How does he fit in with this team and does he make them contenders? We'll discuss and talk to Penguins radio announcer Josh Getzoff for his reaction to the news. The Junior League Eastern Regionals Tournament was held in Dubois for the first time ever last week. How did it go? We'll share our experiences. High school football season is right around the corner. What kind of team will the Beavers have this year? We'll talk to Dubois head coach TJ Wingard to preview what lies ahead. I'm Bob Anderson. And I'm Dave Glass. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping, LLC. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. All right, Dave, welcome to the studio. I got to play a quick sound clip here, and this is not just to troll you. It's for all of our listeners who are celebrating the big news over the weekend. Here we go. Maybe. We don't have it. We don't have audio, so I'm going to have to save that here for just a, a little bit here, and I will play that again maybe oh, at the top of the next break. I don't know why we don't have audio there, but uh, let me try that one more time. Let me see. There we go. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is hilarious. Okay. Now we got to let it play through now. Just a few more seconds. <laughs> All right. You just got to feel that music come through your souls. Feel Eric Carlson coming to Pittsburgh. A three-time Norris winning defenseman. A hundred-point player last year, Dave. This is the biggest trade in Penguins history in terms of assets, 12 assets going one way or another in this trade. I see you have your Ron Francis jersey on today. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this might be as big as that time that they traded for Ron Francis. Well, I'm not going that far. Ron <laughs> Francis was a franchise-defining trade. Um, and I wore this out for you guys because while I was very clear earlier and I stick to it that I didn't really, I'm not as excited about this deal as you guys are, um, I admit that it has widened the error bars for this team. And we'll get into that more. I think that, that before this trade, there was a pretty narrow range of what it could, what the team could be. That range has widened on both ends, Bob, on both ends. I think, yeah, now a hundred point season is in play, but so is a 70 point season. And we'll get to that. But all right, I'll give you that it's exciting that, that there's less certainty. I think if you ran the same team back, it was pretty clear they were going to be a bubble playoff team at best. So there is a huge downside to this, though, and we'll get to that. Well, I, I can't see any downside, honestly, Dave, because if you look at the trade itself, uh, what did they give up? I mean, yeah, they gave up a first-round pick and a second-round pick, but they got San Jose's third-round pick back in return. I can't see those two picks being that far off. So really, it's a first-round pick. And not only that, they dumped four terrible contracts, at least you know two terrible contracts in that mix. It might have been worth the first-round pick just to get rid of those contracts. I mean, and then you get this once-in-a-lifetime kind of generational defenseman on your team, maybe the third-best um, scoring defenseman in league history on your team, and you, you and I complained about how stale this team had become, how boring it had been. 
I'm super excited for October. I can't wait for the season now. So I cannot see anything wrong with this trade whatsoever. I give Kyle Dubas high marks. I, I don't know how he pulled it off, honestly. How did he get San Jose and Montreal to take these terrible deals? Um, whatever he did, I I mean, I love him already. Well, I look, I'll give him credit for moving some of those contracts out. I think we, we all knew that some of those were really bad. But now instead of a whole bunch of little bad contracts, now you've got one really, 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 really bad contract that if he doesn't score 80 points, it's a bad contract. And I might throw in, he's 33. It's not like he's 28. If he was 28, it'd be different. If the core of this team was in their 20s, <clears throat> pardon me, I would feel a whole lot better about this. You're doubling and tripling and quadrupling down. I mean, all you're doing, in my opinion, is, is take, you know, you're trying to roll those dice for that, for that snake eyes to come up, that one out of 50 that is the high end of this, and you're making the rebuild that much worse. Because now that contract will be a boat anchor, if not next year, the year after that, for sure. You got three more years of this at $10 million, one and a half million retained, it would have been more. You know, but but to me, we're, we're I, I understand we retained the same amount on Petrie's contract, so it kind of washes out. And you've now you have no, I mean, they're back right where they were with no cap flexibility, and you know, and and maybe this isn't part of it, but I think they had to know Gensel is a huge question mark now, huge question mark. So let's say he's not ready to go, even by the end of October well in play and let's say that even when he comes back that ankle isn't right and he only scores 15 or 20 goals and gets 40 points also well in play for people with ankle injuries what do you have now if malkin tanks and he looked awful close to me to the edge of you know being a good player last year you've got 87 you've got something of gensel <laughs> you've got Latang, you don't know what you've got. And then you've got a player coming off, I will grant you a 100-point season, that is miles ahead of anything he's ever done in his career. We bought higher than high, and we sold lower than low, which is exactly the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Well, I can understand that, but they they didn't give up assets as if they were buying high. Um, and as far as um, you know, losing Gensel, having Carlson makes that all the more valuable now because if now you, you have think somebody, this team is a contender well you have somebody that can fill in score some goals think of that power play dave how fun that's going to be to watch that team on the power play now and and you know they've been missing that quarterback since what gonchar maybe that is the that is the one area that i cannot contest with you if this power play isn't a top five power play something went terribly wrong because his skill set is perfect for this power play i i will grant that all day they will score. They should score more goals, assuming the team stays healthy. I mean, let's let's face it. Carlson's health history isn't the best up until last year, so that's a caveat. But if this team is healthy, they will absolutely, I believe, score more goals. But I think they're going to give up even more because <laughs> he is a pylon in his own end. Every even his biggest fans say, "Well, yeah, he's just sort of man in his own end." But look how much he does in the other end. Okay, that's fine, but. It's not like we're like some stud defensive team to begin with. We have a goalie that kind of the jury's out on, right? Right. The bottom six, nobody really knows for sure what that is. Latang maybe on the downside. I don't know. Rudum was one of our best defensemen. He's gone. Petrie never fit in. I'll give you that. But now all of a sudden, you better hope that um, Pedersen's improvement was real, and you better hope that one out of Smith or Joseph are really going to take that next step. Or it's like, oh, man, I don't know. 
I really don't know if they're any good on their own end. And we might see a whole pile of 6-5 and 5-4 games, which I'll admit will be exciting, but that doesn't mean they're good. Well, and more credit to Dubas because he didn't give up POJ. He didn't give up Owen Pickering. He didn't give up Ty Smith in that deal. Well, that, so, yeah, that would have been really bad. I mean, I, you know, I here. did you ever watch Hall Pass, the movie? No. Okay, well, in the movie, I, I like one of the quotes. Uh, one of the actors says, you know, it's okay to strike out but you got to at least take a swing every once in a while. And, That's what Dubas is doing right now. And I will give him all the credit in the world. The, pe- the Pirates would never make this deal, okay? So, yeah, all the credit in the world. If your goal is to try to squeeze every little last drop out of this core, then fine, I guess. But at some point, you got to look to the future. I said this. They shouldn't have re-signed Malkin last year, and I stand by that. So if you're going to double down on that, this— this trade makes sense. It's not like he got fleeced. I'm not saying he got fleeced. I just wonder at what point do you really think about rebuilding this farm system? Well, it seems like you're more skeptical of Carlson than you are the deal itself. Is well, that I correct? Am. I, yeah. I just don't like every, I mean, look, every, all of us, all humans have a tendency to be biased towards what's the recent. And I will ask you this, Bob, if you look at what he did last year, let's, let me bring it up here real quick. Last season, he had 50 games. He had 35 points. Okay. The year before they had, he had 22 points. Granted, a shorter season, but that was in 52 games. Okay. The year before they had, had 40. So if I say to you a year ago, hey, we're getting Eric, Eric Carson on a $10 million cap hit, I'll bet you're not as excited because now you've got that 100 point oh, yeah. season in your head. Well, you don't get him without that contract. I mean, that's the albatross with the, it's, it's the contract itself. And really, the Penguins are fortunate that the cap hasn't gone up because had it gone up, there would have been many suitors out there for Carlson. It turns out really the only team that could could take them on somehow is the Penguins. And Carolina was out there. Carolina went and signed Tony D'Angelo, and that really left Pittsburgh. And Dubas did a good job of not, you know, folding and, and you know, not um, giving up too many assets. He was he was smart about it. Let me let me just give you one quick stat here. So we know the Car- uh, San Jose Sharks, they stunk last year. They were outscored by 53 goals at even strength last year. When Carlson was on the ice at five on five, they broke even. So yeah, he's not Scott Stevens on the blue line, but he managed to do that on a devastatingly bad team last year. And does this make the Penguins a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? I don't know, but I do think that they're a playoff team that could win a round, and you never know when you get in the playoffs. So for me, I love it. I, I, I'm just super excited. I haven't been this excited about a Penguins deal since probably Phil Kessel came on. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll see, I guess is all we can say. The only thing I'll say, and I said it before, is as long as everybody understands you're not getting a 100-point scorer, Eric Carlson, I would bet my house that he's not getting 100 points again. Well, there aren't too many. Only, what, Brian Leach did it exactly. 30 years ago. So if we accept that he's going to regress, and I would say my I set the over-under at 70-75. If you, if you accept that a 70-point version with 10 to 15 goals is worth what we did, okay. All right. But understand, that's what you're getting. You're, the 100-point thing isn't happening. All right. Well, I— I guess we'll we'll see what our next guest has to say. We're excited. We're going to bring on Josh Getzoff, the play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins when we return. Um, and uh, we want to thank our sponsor, Smith Lawn and Landscaping, for bringing this to you. Stay with us as we continue under review on Connect FM right after these few words. Go! 
I'm home. A trapping gun. Great. Look at this handcrafted jewelry and designs by Flying L Beadworks. But this book from Claire Kreiner, a local author, and these cool, high-quality vinyl stickers that are dishwasher safe. But they're great for water bottles. Honey. What? Did you go to Dubois Feeds? Where do you think I got all this cool stuff? Oh, the pet food and bird seed is in the trunk. Dubois Feeds, home of from pet food and so much more, with curbside and drive-thru at West Dubois Avenue for 26 years. Dubois Feeds. Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back, in the meantime your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers, Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Climber. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back, in the meantime your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers, Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Climber. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. Welcome back to Under Review. I'm Bob Anderson, and he is Dave Glass. We're excited to welcome in our next guest, a familiar voice on this station during the Penguin season, play-by-play announcer Josh Getzoff is on the line. Josh, how are you? Guys, thanks so much for having me on. Great to talk to you, and I appreciate the uh, ask, and it's never a bad time to talk Penguins hockey, so looking forward to it. Well, it sure, certainly isn't this week. I know I'm super excited for this Eric Carlson deal. What was your reaction when you first heard the news of the trade? Um Probably the same as most people. I think that, you know, you heard the rumors really what for the last month, essentially, since right around the beginning of free agency when things started to get out there that the Penguins were interested. Um, And, you know, you could understand, obviously, why they'd be interested in that type of player. But it just seemed like that there was going to be a really difficult deal to pull off from not just the cap standpoint, but from the asset standpoint, if you're the Penguins. I mean, let's be real here. Their, Their farm system is not as stockpiled as other teams in the league. Uh, they do have their first-round pick, which they obviously don't anymore, but they did going into this deal. You know, they had some contracts they were trying to unload. To me, when I looked at the big picture, I, of course, wanted them, but I didn't know how possible it was to get them. Uh, and then you see that trade that uh, was constructed that Kyle Dubas pulled off, and to me, it's, it's unbelievable. It's jaw-dropping, and it, it's really exciting because I think he worked some serious magic there uh, with what he was able to do as far as getting rid of some contracts, 
and acquiring, you know, a big one in Eric Carlson, but also a big-time player uh, in number 65 as well. How do you think this deal uh, helps the Penguins stack up against the rest of the loaded Eastern Conference? Do you think that they're one of the true contenders in the East now? I think that what this does for them is it gives them something that not any other team that's a contender in the Eastern Conference has, and that is an Eric Carlson and a Chris Letang on two separate pairs. Essentially, one of those guys is going to be on the ice uh, for a period, basically, out of a game when you add up their total time on ice. So, uh, you know, these guys are going to be two-thirds of the game. You're going to have Carlson or Letang out there, probably even more than that. They're both guys that average, I think Carlson averaged about 25 minutes a game uh, last year. Latang was somewhat smaller, but similar ballpark, and he's been in that consistent area for much of his career. Um, they're fitness freaks. They take great care of themselves. And I think with that, you look at that top four defenseman, and it's like, okay, they go out and get Ryan Graves, who presumably will slot next to Chris Latang, and Marcus Pedersen will go with his countryman Carlson, I would have to think which then sets up a situation in my mind where you're looking at a top four that's as good as any other team in the Eastern Conference. I really believe that. Um, the Penguins' question is going to be the same question it's been the last handful of years when they haven't had the success in the postseason and haven't gotten out of the first round, and that is, is the depth going to be enough of a factor to carry them through? Um, I, I really feel that they've made some nice acquisitions. They've added some sandpaper with Noel Achari and Lars Eller. Uh, they've added some speed down there and some kind of bulldog mentality with Matt Nieto and Vinny Hinestroza. Um, but the reality is that's, those guys are going to have to produce. And, of course, the biggest one is Tristan Jari. And is he going to be, uh, you know, the Tristan Jari pre-injuries that's the top five statistical goaltender in the NHL? or the Tristan Jari where he plays two games, misses three with an injury, comes back, and then is out another four? That's the big question um, for this Penguins team. But, you know, when you look at them on paper, they are leaps and bounds better than they were in that final game in Columbus last year. And I'm excited to see how it translates to the ice. I'm ashamed we still have to wait two more months for it. I'm with you. Well, I guess, and to be to be fair, Josh, this is Dave. I, I've probably been low man on this trade, even from the and Bob will tell you we've discussed this the rumors for months. My only concern, my biggest concern, I guess I should say, is you are buying as high as high gets. I mean, twenty five goals, his shooting percentage was double his career average, one hundred and one points. Those are great numbers. But I don't see any reason to think he's going to approach those numbers again. He doesn't have the history of ever coming close to that. So if he comes in at 70, 75, 80 points, are we still comfortable that this was a good deal? I'm curious, at, at his at his cap hit. Uh, yes, I, I think you are because the reality is that 75, 80 points is still an absurdly high number for a defenseman in today's National Hockey League. He was... You know, 100 points last year is something you do not see really ever uh, in today's climate in the National Hockey League from a defenseman. I mean, yeah, you got the Connor McDavid likes. I know Sidney Crosby was even flirting with 100 last year. But from a defensive perspective, it's really something that does not happen all that often. And I was really amazed at the fact that he did it on a team that really lacked for offense. So... I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, how it translates here, but I also do believe what you said, you know, if this ends up being a 70-point season, I'm not complaining because you got to figure there's a quarter of that that's coming, if not more, that from the power play 
which is where he figures to have a serious impact on the Penguins and may even win them some hockey games. And, and you bring up a great point. And, and I was all ready to argue that the power play was was probably the best, you know, the best thing to get a lift. And I still believe that. But I did find it interesting. You know, he had 20 of his 25 goals at even strength and 54 of his 76 assists at even strength. He was kind of an even strength producer out there and and really the power play not so much so i i do think you'll see a reversal in that i the one thing that bob and i fully agree on is that the power play should if it's not a top five power play with this personnel something went horribly wrong um yeah and, and i think you would agree with that but do you think you you mentioned jari and the un, and the uncertainty there i guess my question to you is do you think they're better defensively i they, they almost have to be better offensively with that depth that you talked about in the blue line but He's not known as a defensive whiz. I mean, are we looking at a bunch of 5-4 games? And is and really, I guess the question is, is Jari going to be up to the task? I, You know what? i got to be honest. I, I think we might be looking at a lot of those 5-3, 6-4 type of games. And that's just going to have to be the reality with this team. I mean, they, they can defend. You know, Mike Sullivan has already talked about this a little bit with some reporters in Pittsburgh that he, he believes that, you know, when chips are down, Chris Letang and Eric Carlson can defend. They can play their position. And I don't disagree with that. But there's also a track record, and those guys are also, you know, in their 30s. And it's, it's not necessarily habits at this point as much as it is just the way they play the game. They're extremely creative. They think the game at a way higher level than any of us could ever anticipate or envision the stuff that happens in front of them. But as a result, they sometimes take some risks. And you know, I think there's going to be games this year. You'll probably hear it on our air with, with Phil Bork and I where we're going to be like, what is going on out there in the same shift that we will say, that was unbelievable. Because I think these are going to be these types of games this year. And, you know, when it comes to Tristan Jari, he's going to have to be one healthy, but he's also going to have to be sharp because I do think the challenges are going to be coming pretty hot and heavy on him on a regular basis. You know, are they better defensively? I think they are from a forward group, which does mean a, a heck of a lot when you think about um, just the, the play between the blue lines and the neutral zone and being able to cover your man when you're in the defensive end. They have some smarter guys that they've added in. I mentioned Eller. I mentioned Achari. Those guys know what to do in those situations. They know how to defend against top players. Um, but, you know, overall, it's gonna be, that's going to be really an interesting aspect to this team is how do they defend as a team. I can't wait to see how it goes at, you know, once the games begin because it's going to dictate a lot as far as how they do night in and night out. We're talking to Josh Getzoff from the Penguins Radio Network. Josh, uh, you can't uh, argue that Cal Dubas has made a big impact on this team this summer. Overall, how would you assess his body of work? Uh, I would say, you know, it's, it's kind of... It's tough to say that a guy gets an A when he hasn't even been on the job for three months, right, guys? But, um, I mean, he's done anything and everything that people could have hoped for to this point in the summer. He's, you know, he's added depth in the, in the uh, bottom six group. He traded for a bona fide winger in Riley Smith in the top six. You know, he, I think, he, in all due respect to Casey DeSmith, and I know the guy has struggled the last couple of years in the name of Alex Nedeljkovic, but I think he's found a little bit of a sleeper there to potentially back up Tristan Jari. What he's created here is something that the Penguins haven't had in their training camp in the last, I don't know, five years, and that's internal competition. And no one loves that more than Mike Sullivan because when we go into camp on September 21st, guys, this team is going to have uh, a spot in the top six wide open with Jake Gensel not available for the first five games. They have some spots in the bottom six they have to figure out. 
They have a third defensive pair that's going to be up for grabs as far as who claims those spots. And they have a backup goalie situation that they still need to hammer down the details on. So not only will the training camp be competitive, but those preseason games suddenly have a little bit more of a focus to them, which I think can only bode well for the team going into the year. There's, there's not going to be any complacency. There's very few situations that are set. I mean, I would say even we don't even know the like. You know, normally you'd be like, okay, if Jake Gensel's healthy, it's going to be Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, and probably Brian Russ. Well, you don't even know if Brian Russ is going to be on Sidney Crosby's right wing because Mike Sullivan may flip things around to try to make something work in the interim. So uh, things are going to be very much a moving target as far as getting ready for this season. But I think that's a good thing. I think fresh is good. You know, there's as many as 10 new guys that could potentially be in the lineup here. Uh, over the next few months, uh, you know, whether it's injury or whatnot, you got to think about guys like Andreas Janssen coming over. I mentioned, I mentioned uh, Hinnestroza. They've signed some veteran defensemen like Will Butcher. Um, so, you know, I think Kyle Dubas has done a good job of not just supplanting the NHL team, but the, you know, the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th forward, and then the 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th defensemen are also things that are kind of juggling. And, and that's going to make for, as I said, a really competitive atmosphere and something that hopefully will translate to a team that is ready to hit the ground running come opening night on October 10th. Well, you, you mentioned the Gensel situation. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, twofold. Number one, I was surprised to find out that he was he was playing summer hockey when they, they discovered or you know, it was announced that his ankle wasn't responding as it should. I would have thought if his ankle was a problem, the team would have wanted him to shut, you know, shut that down for the summer. But that, that, so I'm curious as to your thoughts on that, number one. And number two, I think now we see why they weren't jumping to give him a contract extension. But do you feel like this, we've seen ankle injuries linger, even after, you know, these situations, a Dumoulin comes to mind. Are you concerned about, you know, how quickly he comes back, how quickly he gets his game back? Or do you think he'll be able to just slot right back in? Well, it's, it is a legitimate concern, guys, I think, because the ankle is not the wrist or the, the shoulder or anything like that in the sense that he's not going to be able to skate until he's really ready to come back. And, and that's conditioning, that's cardio, and then there's a whole different level of conditioning once you're ready to get back into game action to sustain you know, the contact and just the guys leaning on you. And you know, he plays a pretty unforgiving game, Jake, and so he's not afraid to go to the dirty areas. And uh, He's going to have to be 100% when he gets back in. Otherwise, he might not be you know, totally fit um, when it comes to being back in game action because of the fact of him coming back from an ankle injury. You know, I think it's interesting the whole time frame of this situation because Kyle Dubas, it was pretty transparent when he talked about it the other day with the media in the sense that he knew uh, that there was something going on, but they wanted to see how he would react in a game situation. I mean, anyone can make their guesses as to why they waited until the first week of August to make this decision um, and, and find that that was the time to do it. But the other side of it is, and I have to take this side, I think we all do, because you all want the best for Jake Gensel because it means the best for the Penguins, including my son. He's fired up, too. <laughs> that was awesome. But, but, but he loves Jake Gensel. He's got his jersey and all that stuff. But I will say that when it comes to this season, if, he's, if, if Kyle Dubas' prognosis is correct, guys, and he's only going to miss five games, even if it's six, you take the surgery and you move on. Oh, great. He's a pretty durable player. And if you can find your way through the first couple weeks of the season, maybe ride the adrenaline of Carlson coming on board and have some stockpile a couple wins in there, and then you get Gensel back, then you start to see this team for what you could envision. And it, it starts to become a little scary on paper. 
Um, so that's that's what I that's how I look at it, and uh, I'm really looking forward to him coming back. But also, it's going to be a storyline while he's gone to see who fills that spot. Well, Josh, we're looking forward to listening to your calls this season, and we really appreciate you taking the time. We'll let you get back to daddy duty. <laughs> I appreciate that, guys. It's uh, it's fleeting now. We only got what two months till opening night as of tomorrow, so it's coming quick. Time flies, that's for sure. Take care, Josh. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye, bye. Yep. Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Clymer. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associates degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Hi, I'm Dave Kias, host of Barbecue Radio Nation, along with my co-host, barbecue expert Dan Hathaway. Every week we will be giving you the best tips on how you can grill and smoke your favorite meats, vegetables, and even desserts. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned expert, our show is designed to help you become a better backyard barbecuer. So be sure and tune in every Saturday morning right here on Connect FM 99.7 and 96.7 and online at connectradio.fm. Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Connect FM. Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports, you love extreme sports, or you work in hazardous construction zones, you need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Commons Drive to Boys and at MyWiseEyes.com. Welcome to this week's Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat, sponsored by Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons and Dr. Greg Lineski. For the first time ever, Dubois hosted the Junior Little League Eastern Regional Tournament. The host team Dubois All-Stars fared pretty well in last week's tourney. The Dubois Little League Junior All-Stars opened the Eastern Regional Tournament in Dubois on Tuesday, August 1st with a close but 5-4 loss to Massachusetts. Trailing 5-1, Dubois was able to score three runs in the seventh inning, but just couldn't quite get the tying run across the plate. Then on Wednesday, August the 2nd, the Dubois All-Stars faced Connecticut in the loser's bracket, but stayed alive with a 13-3 win. It turned into a two-win day for Dubois when later Wednesday evening they upended Maine by a 3-1 score. Dubois then earned their third tournament win on Thursday, August 3rd. It was a 6-5 come-from-behind victory over Delaware. But the Dubois Junior All-Stars then reached the end of their exciting journey on Friday, August 4th, when they fell to the New York All-Stars by a 12-1 score. New Jersey was the eventual champion of the Eastern Regional Tournament, which was held in Dubois last week. 
And also in the local youth sports beat this week, high school football practices throughout District 9 are in full swing. And in just a couple of weeks, the regular season will be underway. So coming up in the next few weeks of the local youth sports beat here on Connect FM, it's high school football previews. That'll do it for this week's local youth sports beat on Connect FM, sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Cloudy skies tonight with a slight chance for scattered thunderstorms. Lows level off around 61. Southerly winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Scattered thunderstorms likely tomorrow. Daytime highs approaching 72. Cloudy skies expected. Partly cloudy tomorrow night. Chance for scattered showers. Lows dip down to about 58. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 77. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. Uh, Dave, I thought I got to watch a lot of baseball last week. I got to watch the uh, Dubois, every one of the Dubois games. You got to watch every single game. So we're going to talk a little bit about that Eastern Regional Tournament. Um, from what I saw, the atmosphere that I saw, the kids were having a lot of fun. I thought it was a overall smashing success. What were your thoughts on the tournament? Well, I definitely agree it was a success. I mean, with any time you're, you're doing something like this and you've never done it before, there were a few hiccups. Um, and you're right. I saw every game. I was I was in charge of the umpire, so I was and I was kind of watching the game differently than you. Obviously, I saw the cool things, you know, the Dubois, the atmosphere, and everything. But I'm I'm watching the umpires. I'm watching their rotations. I'm watching their positioning. I'm watching the strike zone. I'm moving around so I can see. So I maybe didn't get to enjoy it as much as some other people, but um, I did enjoy it. I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I thought that Dubois represented themselves exceptionally well. I heard from umpires, coaches, parents, so many people that, wow, what a great, what a great, you know, show this is great field that the community was wonderful to us. I heard so many horror stories about some of the other regionals and how badly, Mm. you know, that people were treated and the umpires in particular just really didn't care for some of the other venues. So, um, I, I think that was totally, totally success. And I think that with what we learned this year, I think we'll be able to run it back and make it even better next year. Oh, and that's a good thing too. I mean, it's a three-year deal and hopefully it'll last longer into the future. I got to talk to a few people who were, you know, volunteers, um, you know, Brian B- Batcha. Um, uh, I talked to the mayor. I talked to uh, Scott Frano. And it was a pleasure to talk to so many people who had a hand in, in getting that tournament here. So I think overall, everybody deserves high praise for it. And, you know, just the the atmosphere and bringing that to the local economy was good. But as far as the local team goes, they didn't disappoint. I mean, they were a great host team. Uh, they got the automatic bid, so we weren't sure how good that team would be against these t- state winners. Uh, they really did well. I think the only thing that really cost them was that first opening game loss. It sent them into the loser's bracket there. Yeah, and and obviously you never you never want to lose the first game because then it's just you're you're fighting uphill and you're almost certain to run out of pitching and they did that's what really sunk them but the thing I liked most about them is 
their coaching staff realized what their strength was. Their, their, their strength was speed, 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 aggressiveness. We're going to press the envelope and make somebody make a play to beat us. And they, and I, you know, Delaware was just scared to death of their speed. I, we, and our, the, the other radio station who was there was right beside us. And they were so frustrated with the pickoff throws. They were counting. There were 30 pickoff throws in that game. Wow. And that's why part of the reason it was a three hour game Yes. Uh, for a three to one game to go three hours is pretty crazy. But, um, the defense was really good. Um, the pitching held up much better than I thought it would. I mean, they went seven, eight deep before they really started to run into pitching problems. Um, and, and as you said, you know, they lost that opening game. It was a heartbreaker. And then they, they, you know, they blew out Connecticut, who frankly, I going in, I thought was going to be a decent team. And then, you know, the series of, you know, comeback kid games, you know, beat Maine in a close one, beat Delaware in a close one. Very cool stuff. Um, I will admit, and I think I told you this, I thought their magic would run out. I felt the top three teams in this were just miles ahead of everybody else. And that kind of played out. I mean, the team that won New Jersey, they were so good. They yeah, were so good. I didn't so get to watch good. them, yeah. Well, they, they had two guys, two twin brothers who were like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, One of them hit a home run the very first game. And I, I, I mean, out of the park as a 14-year-old, that just doesn't happen down there. And in the final... Him and his brother both were completely shut down, and they still blew Maryland out. So mm. they're going to be a handful at the World Series. Um, but I, I really have to say kudos to, to just about every team that showed up, um, and, and, and a special kudos to the host team. A lot of time those host teams are just – you know, they're out of their depth a little bit. And I admit I was scared about that. I wasn't sure they'd be able to match up, but they showed they absolutely deserve to be there. They sent three state champs packing. That's a cool thing to do. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with that tournament before I shift gears? Um, just what it, it was such a cool experience from, and I, I am going to talk about my experience. Uh, we had umpires come from uh, Connecticut, Vermont, Maryland, D.C., and New Hampshire, as well as our own Henry Ho. And plus, we had locals that kind of subbed in a little bit to help out. And what a cool group of guys. I mean, so many different backgrounds, so many different stories that got them here. And they all, they, they, we all, they came together as a team. Not that they were perfect. We had a couple plays that we had to work through. But in 16 games, we didn't have anything that I thought, wow, wow, that's just horrible. We can't come back from that. They, they were very professional. And this is my first time kind of, managing umpires for a tournament that's i i had a ball i can't wait to do it again although i am i admit i was very tired at the end of it <laughs> well one one play that actually caught my eye since we're still talking about it in that dubois final loss and one of the game, plays that really kind of turned the game i mean they were still in trouble there was bases loaded i don't think there was any outs uh it was the inning where Dubois gave up, I believe, six runs, and that made it six to one. They were leading going into that inning. Mm -hmm. The ball was hit into right field. There was an outfield umpire who actually called an out on the play. Uh, from my vantage point, it definitely looked like it hopped into his glove. The outfield umpire called it an out. They, um, the manager of the other team came out. They, the umpires huddled, and they changed the call. I didn't know that you could do that. I thought you had to stick with the call that you made on the field. No, the, the, the first rule of umpiring is get it right. So when there's a play like that, there's no replay, but we are encouraged. And I told my guys, absolutely, if in doubt, get together. All six of them get together. I, by the way, I was sitting near where you were, and I saw it very clearly. It was definitely a trap. Hard call, very hard call, but it was a trap. They did a great job getting together, and they got it right. And in the end, that's all we wanted. There were a couple calls during this tournament where we got together and we changed something because it was obvious that something got missed. We're human. 
We're going to miss calls, but if we get it right in the end, that's really all I think anybody should ask for. And credit to the umpires too, because you, you have to swallow a little bit of your pride there too and say, yeah, I was wrong and, and we want to get this right. So I do give them credit. And they were volunteers, right? Oh, 100% volunteers. Yeah. And, and you're 100% right. There was no ego out there. The guy who made the call, he didn't have the best. It was hit. He had his position and it was his territory, but he was behind the play a little, so he didn't have the best angle. I knew second base would have the right angle, and I found out after the game it was second base that said, look, it was a trap. And uh, Ben, great credit to him. He's like, hey, if you had trap, then we're going to go safe. And uh, that was great. All right, well, Dave, last week we talked to Brockway Rovers head coach Jake Heigel. This week we're going to talk to Dubois Beavers head coach TJ Wingard. This interview is next as we continue under review, sponsored by Lawn and Smith Lawn and Landscaping. Stay with us on Connect FM. Here are Chelsea and Michael Strathen, new owners of Brockway Appliance. My wife always wanted to own her own business, and I always liked fixing stuff, so she kind of roped me into it. And when Brockway Appliance, we had found out that they were for sale with the reputation that they had built we decided that would be a good fit for our family. We have our own in-house delivery and service, so the guys that work at the store are the ones that do all the work. Family owned and operated since 1981. Main Street Brockway and brockwayappliance.com. Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Clymer. The numbers say it all. 65% of Americans' shopping budgets are still spent in-store, and 61% shop at local businesses because of their unique products. Plus, small businesses employ almost 60 million people, and 56% of workers at locally owned businesses have high commitment scores. What do all those numbers mean? That shopping small and shopping local benefits you and our community. So get away from that keyboard and shop in person and local at businesses today. The Day Spa of Dubois on Brady Street in downtown Dubois. Junk Dealer's Daughter, located on West Long Avenue in Dubois. Day Spa 10, across from Luigi's on Brady Street in Dubois. Winery of Wilcox, on Beeline Highway, across from Wendy's. Merle Norman Boutique, located on Brady Street, across from the Dubois Public Library. And Infused IV Bar, located on Midway Drive in Dubois. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review. I'm Bob Anderson, and he is Dave Glass, and we're pleased to have our next guest queued up. It's the head coach of the Dubois Beavers football team, TJ Winger. TJ, thanks for joining us. How are you? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, everything's well so far. Three days of uh, heat acclimation are done already. Oh, well, so how, how's this week going? I mean, it, it hasn't been super hot, so that has to help the kids a little bit. No, it's been good. Um, we've been lucky. We saw over 50-plus different kids over the summertime consistently with summer workouts, so we kind of picked up where we left off. Uh, we currently have 72 kids on roster, and they're showing up and putting their work in. Well, tell us a little bit about that roster. Um, how many, you know, did you lose a lot of guys to graduation? What are we looking at this year? 
We did. We uh, graduated 19 seniors last year. Um, you look at that 72 kids we have this year, uh, we have 13 seniors and 14 juniors. So do that math. We're pretty young uh, when you look at the sophomore and, and freshman classes who are both over uh, the number in the 20s. So, But they're showing up, and we're, I think we have some talent here. And these, these older kids, although few in numbers, are doing a good job leading this week so far. Um, hey, TJ, it's Dave. Uh, so amongst the freshmen, and I know it's early, and you may not, you know, be able to say this for sure yet, but are there any of the freshmen that you're thinking you might keep up on the varsity rather than have, you know, play ninth grade football? And uh, are there any names that we should be watching out for amongst that young crew? At this stage with ninth grade, uh, we don't have a ninth grade team any longer. So a lot like a lot of the teams in the area and really across this part of the state, those ninth graders will be a part of JVs. Uh, so at this point, a few of them may have a chance right now to work themselves to a varsity spot. But at this point, uh, they're just we need to have them show up every day and, and, and make them earn it first. So as of right now, I would say no. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then my second question, obviously, unless something really strange happens, I assume Trey's going to be the starting quarterback. I know he got some work last year. Um, are you going to have a and again I know things can change and and you and you're going to adapt to the you know the personnel you have and and the opponents too but are you favoring a a run heavy offense or are you going to throw a little bit more this year in the in the cliche world that I live in I would like to run the ball every play and win six to nothing but but knowing that's not uh possible uh to be honest if we could really be really close to a 50-50 mix and be able to run and throw and keep our defense rested and have some really game-changing drives and put scores at, at the end of those, that's where we want to be as balanced and mixed as we can. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you to take your dad hat off and to put you, and just keep your coach hat on when it comes to Trey. Um, obviously, I, I know you and I know him, and I know he's a very athletic kid and a smart kid. What do you think his biggest strength is uh, coming into this year as a quarterback, and what's one thing you really think he needs to work on to take that next step? Uh, his experience uh, from last year is huge. His ability right now to take on ownership of studying and knowing where every you know every player is supposed to be on every play, he takes ownership and studies that, and uh, he's doing a really good job with that. Um, really, for me, you know, if I'm encouraging him as as a coach, is can you know be a little more vocal and, and keep leading your team and. And don't be afraid to, you know, raise your voice a little bit because they're going to listen to you. Well, I can I can vouch for the fact that Trey's always been a pretty quiet kid when I've been around him in baseball. So that may be a, a little bit sure. of a, a challenge, but you're right. I think it is something we'll have to develop. Uh, T, we're talking to TJ Wingard, the head coach of the Dubois Beavers football team. TJ, I think this is what, your fourth season as a head coach? Is that correct? Yes, sir. This is our staff's fourth season. All right. And what have you learned in the first three years that has made you a better coach or leader? Well, if you'd let me give a shout-out to those guys that are on staff. As long as you don't mention Matt Roush. <laughs> I have to. Uh, Clicker Clark, he's a legend in our district, and he should be on our Sports Hall of Fame You know, at some point. Everyone knows Clicker. I've got Ryan Benson back with the linemen. Uh, Coach Sean McCleary is the defensive coordinator. Rick McClelland is taking over the offense on the JVs. Mr. Todd Steiner is running the defense for the JVs. Uh, we're very fortunate enough to uh, – we lost Coach Bish this year. Uh, just as a, a family choice, you know, in life. And uh, Paul Butler is now a new coach in our staff. And then to the junior high, we have both Robbie and Sean Hansley and Matt Roush. So 
we're, we have a pretty good bunch of God-fearing men who care about kids, and they're working the kids real well. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're lucky. But to uh, answer your question, uh, it's, I think with the preparation and what we're doing, you know, for the team on that schedule that week has been getting the kids to believe that don't take plays off. We've lost a handful of games by one or two plays where it was less than a touchdown, and it's trying to instill in those guys, don't give up if a bad play happens, shake it and just move on to the next one and let's make a big play ourselves. No, oh, I like that. Yeah. And, and um, you know, sometimes a game hinges on something that you would think would be small. But um, I know you have to take things one game at a time, TJ, but we had Jake Heigel on last week from Brockway, and he gave the cliched answer about, you know, oh, we're focused on week one. But in week two, it's Dubois versus Brockway in Brockway. And he was talking about how, you know, they're expecting maybe the biggest crowd that they've had for a football game. They're going to bring in bleachers. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you're anticipating for, for that game in Brockway? I think that's one of the uh, you know, coolest things about the District 9 League and, and having Dubois in it is it, those local rivalries, people travel. So whether we're at Punxsy, St. Mary's, you know, at Brockway, Corn City and us have created a little bit of thing going on here, and, and Clarion's tough. But, yeah, this, the, any game local where, where fans will travel, I think that's really good for our area and really good for our school. Um, well, I'm going to switch back a little bit, uh, back to personnel. Well, we talked about the quarterback. Um, who, who do you like? Uh, who's going to be your, uh, your playmakers on the outside this year? Who do you project to, project to start? I really think we have a nice mix. Uh, we have Caden Clark. Uh, as a senior, Drew Cook is in the mix out there. Uh, junior class, we have uh, Bryson Delaney. We have Isaiah Corney. We have Nathan Coger for sure. And Carter Voss is doing a really nice job as well. Uh, we might chip in a sophomore or two there yet, but they have to earn their stripes still. But uh, we have a nice, nice mix there so far with the top six, I think. And I can't uh, let this go without talking about you know the, the part that really makes it go, the, the interior line. Uh, you know, again, I know we had some graduation issues, but uh, who, who's sticking out to you there along the line that can really kind of anchor that for you? Uh, we're very fortunate to have Zach Gallagher back and Jarese Stowe uh, from that senior class. And uh, we have two two new guys coming back. Uh, Nick Nicastro and Tyson Roy have joined the team this year as seniors. We have Ryan Clark as a senior also. And then looking at that junior class, you know, whether it's offense or defense, uh, Noah Barr is in there for sure, and uh, I'm looking here. Sophomore Noah Crawford is making a push, so there's uh, there's some good kids in there working their butts off for sure. And TJ, from a position battle standpoint, what what spots are up for grabs? You want me to give the cliche? You can say all of them, of course, <laughs> because we haven't cut camp yet. I think some guys know they're probably like as the lead horse, but we're trying to make sure we don't get complacent there. Uh, so you know, I'm not going to name you any starters but we're counting on these seniors and these juniors that have experience to to help teach and lead and help some of these younger kids give valuable and meaning playing time for us how about the captains have you chosen those yet no i think that's going to be a team vote here when we break camp uh i think we have a, a a pretty cool thing going on here and i think there's some good camaraderie between the kids and uh they're accountable to each other so far so i think that it could end up being captainship could end up even being on a on a week-by-week basis just we're going to, you know, give some input to the seniors there and, and coaches and just let that, you know, be a future problem. So, I, and I know you're probably going to cliche me on this too, but I have to ask, what, 
I know that you've had some, you've seen some struggles and you've seen some success. What would, what would you consider to be an, a successful season? I mean, what, what, what's your goal for this team? To go one and zero week one. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> That's a good I answer. I knew you were going to say I, that. I'll give you credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're, we're capable of, of, of being over 500 easily and that you know things going well and we stay healthy that's huge injuries have really got you know have bitten us the past couple of years where it, it hammered our depth a little bit but uh being healthy and these guys just continue to learn and the big thing will be getting you know some of these younger kids as a part of our depth where we can count on them to go in and do the job do you, and, and again, you know, I know you want to look at every individual week, but do you think this schedule is is more difficult in the front, or is it kind of balanced, or is it going to be harder towards the end? I'd like to say it's balanced, but if you watch us go four and one in the first half and one and four in the last half last year, and we're playing pretty much the same teams, I have no idea what to tell you there. But it, it always seems balanced on paper. Again, I just think it comes down to, to injuries, and if we're on a roll, and if the you know the the penalties and the and the no, turnovers. They, yeah, the turn, and the turnovers are huge, so definitely. Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of time, maybe a minute or two left with you, TJ, and we appreciate you coming on. Uh, it doesn't look like you got a whole lot of favors when it comes to scheduling, though. You start with three straight road games and only have four home games, so uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that happened. Clearfield ended up moving. They went to a combined league more down Southern District 6, so you're shopping around for an opponent in-state you don't want to have to travel to West Virginia or Ohio or Canada if you don't have to. Uh, so the, the best matchup that we could find and Northern Bedford could find uh, was each other. And that'll be about a two-hour and 15-minute bus ride down there. Uh, but we, in order to play the game, we, uh, we took it as an away game so we could have a game and not a bye. Um, I have to bring it up because, you know, I'm, a, I'm an old Clearfield guy and, and you're an old Carwinsville guy. Does it bother you that we lose this two boys Clearfield thing? Because to me, that was that was always a big deal growing up. Yeah, it would be it would be nice if if we could keep that with as many sports as possible. I, that just happens to be like where their district and you know their athletic program chose to go, whether it's a school board thing or whatever it is. I think it was having Clearfield on any schedule for Du Bois athletics and in the heart of District Nine with Bradford and Punxsutawney, St. Mary's and Brookville. That old bunch of rivalries would, would be really nice to keep. All right, TJ. Hey, we really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we wish you the best of luck this season. We, we appreciate it on, on behalf of the Beaver football team. All right. And uh, even Matt Roush, we'll, we'll give him <laughs> that credit too. Thanks, Matt Roush, for the volunteering. So um, when we return, we're going to get lost here. So stay with us as we continue under review on Connect FM. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. 800-404-1463. 800-404-1463. 
That's 800-404-1463. Get on board. The water is open. It's time to go boating and fishing and leave stress in our wake. Feel the wind as we ride and a fish on the line. Reel in our first catch and feel the sun at our backs. It's get out on the water season. It's time to get on board. Find out where to get on board near you. Visit Take Me Fishing and Discover Boating to learn more. And please recreate responsibly. Get on board. Get on board. Hi, I'm Jennifer Kishinka. Thursday on This Morning, America's First News. Why House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who has so far maneuvered his razor-thin majority through difficult votes, is facing his toughest test yet. A look at the companies that are again allowing employees to work from home. And what happens when you have a medical emergency on a flight? That's Thursday on This Morning, America's First News. 99.7-96.7 Connect FM. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. And we're back on Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. Whoops. Let me pause that, Dave, because it's not time to leave quite yet. Uh, we're going to get lost in a minute, but uh, the Steelers preseason ga- game is coming up on Friday. Is that something that you're interested in? I'm going to give a real short answer. No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, look, I, I think that it's important for the team. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I just, I don't watch spring training games. I don't watch hockey preseason games. I don't watch football preseason games because I know just like everybody else, if I see something awesome, it's going to give me this false hope. Or if I see a quarterback throw three interceptions, it doesn't matter. There is almost never any carryover from this stuff. And do you think Tomlin should play the starters? He's saying if they're healthy, they're going to go. Well, I think play them a a, a series or two. I mean, they, they got to get the rust off too. That's the other thing, you know, play them. If he throws an interception or somebody misses a blow, that's it's practice. It's just a practice. That's all it is. So that's fine. And, and, and I don't go to the blue white game either. People love to do it. And that's, that's good. They should do what they love to do, but I, it's just not my thing. Well, let's just hope nobody gets hurt. That's the thing yeah. I look at. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's time to get lost. I, I know you had a, a bevy of uh, get lost this well, week. Well, I, I, certainly there were no shortage this week. I'll tell you the one thing that jumps out at me right away, because, you know, I'm, I'm a radio guy, a sports radio guy. You've be, you're becoming very quickly. By the way, I got to give you a shout out. You... <laughs> went from being really scared to do play-by-play to doing play-by-play almost every single day over the last couple of weeks and doing a fine job. So, well, you know, kudos you. to you. That That's fantastic. Well, I learned from one of the best. So <laughs> thank you, Dave. But I, I've got to say something about this Baltimore Orioles situation. And if you haven't been watching it, the play-by-play guy for the Orioles was doing a preseason for uh, a pregame for an Orioles-Rays game. And the Orioles have really had trouble in Tampa. And he just, there was a graphic up about how they've gone like 3-22 and 22 there. And he was just saying, hey, we've struggled, you know, but hey, here's our chance to, to turn this around. And they fired him I, for this. I listened to that clip. I couldn't believe it. It was a nothing clip. Yes. He wasn't even being critical. In fact, he was actually being positive that, hey, this is our chance to turn this around. And this stinking oil fired him for this. Get lost, Angelo's family. I agree with you. And I hope he doesn't take my job here uh, doing play-by-play in Dubois now, oh. you know? But uh, I'm just going to say real quick, get lost to Matt Cook, who uh, injured Eric Carlson all those many years ago. Who would think that Eric Carlson (laughs) would now be a Penguin? Wow, I hadn't even thought about that. All right, so thank you for joining us on Under Review. Don't forget to like us on 
uh, Facebook and follow us on Twitter at underreviewfm. Until next week, I'm Bob Anderson, and he is Dave Glass. Thanks for listening.